Praise the Lord, Sanctuary Church family. This is Pastor Mike Gonzalez. Normally my wife would be sitting next to me, but she won't be joining us in this lesson. So don't, don't turn it off. I know she is probably the favorite. She's my favorite. Uh, but she will be joining us next week, and we're going to be talking about how to handle conflict in our relationship. So uh, why don't we begin? Before we do, I just want to say a great big thank you to Pastor Mel and Sister Lisa and all of you. This has just been a great experience, great time to be with you. I say experience because my wife and I have never uh, team taught together. And then to add the dimension of videoing has has been uh, interesting. But I want to just dive right in. We've been talking about relationships, uh, the various relationships that we are in. Uh, if you recall our first lesson, we talked about the church family. That That is a relationship that we find ourselves in. Last week, we talked about marriage. And of course, that is probably the biggest relationship that we are in. But today, I want to talk to you about uh, our work relationship. Uh, I know the subject matter doesn't get too much attention, but we understand the challenges of work, the highs and the lows, the victories and defeats that we feel at work. Work is important and we recognize it's important because of the demand it puts on all of us. So as we do every week, I want to outline what we will be talking about. Just three points I want to bring out. And uh, so follow along. We're, we'll get to some scripture here in a moment. But I want to bring three things to our table. Uh, the first thing I want to talk about is the impact of work. And then putting work in a box. And of course, I'll explain what that is. And distinct in our work. How work transcends above just what we find ourselves doing. So let's, uh, let's begin with work and the impact of our work. Uh, a writer by the name of Annie Dillard said this. She said, how we spend our day is, of course, how we spend our lives. We know we spend a lot of time at work. Work's very demanding. It's demanding of our time. Um, so here's, here's the demand of work. I just want to bring some statistics to you. I'm going to look at my screen for a moment, but just kind of follow along and then we'll just kind of make sense of all this, what these statistics are trying to tell you and I. All right, here's what, here's what the, the Labor Bureau uh, tells us about our work. The average person will spend 90,000 hours at work over the course of our lifetime. The average, as if you take that average working 50, 50 years, yes, that's a real number, 50 years, that most of us will be spent, uh, spend working, that's a quarter of our lives spent at work. When they polled Americans about their work, 51% uh, of the people polled said that they get a sense of fulfillment and accomplishment at work. 47% said that's just what they do for a living. Of course, leaving the margin to, of, of error in there. So 47% say, I'm just waking up and putting on my boots, so to speak, and, and just doing this eight hours a day, five days a week. Uh, looking deeper, it says 51% of all U.S. workers actually feel like they're in a career. 
Um, the rest, of course, feel like they're just working. 18% see their career as a stepping stone, so as a way to advance, make their life better. And then 30% say that work is just a job to get them by. Uh, 32% of everyone working says that they are very happy with how their work is going. So that leaves, that leaves about 6 out of 10 people, 6 out of 10 people that feel somewhat indifferent or aren't satisfied at work. This is what a man by the name of Andrew Neighbor had to say about our work. He's a, he's a psychologist, industrial organizational psychologist. And he's a behavioral therapist at the Rand Institute that looks at how Americans participate at work. He said this, he said, we spend a lot of time at work and it really affects people's general happiness and also life's outcome. And for those of us that have been working in the labor force for, for some time, no matter what we do, we understand that the impact that it's having on us. When we, when we look at these statistics, so what, what, are, what are the statistics trying to say? It says that half of the people that are working, half of the adults that you and I are rubbing shoulders with, you and I that uh, are go, we're going to church with, our neighbors, the people that frequent the same grocery stores, half of the people that we'll run into on a daily basis because of work, now this is because of work, they're going to feel disappointed, they feel discouraged, and a lot of times they feel disillusioned, all because of this thing called work. And even for those who enjoy what they do for work, I happen to have always enjoyed working and have been in careers where I've enjoyed working, of course now pastoring a church full time, but even those 51%, half of us that, that feel very happy, very fulfilled, we still have to deal with stress, we have to deal with exhaustion, and eventually we're going to have to deal with feelings of burnout. Work, work, say that word, it even seems challenging to say sometimes. Work is so impactful because it's the one event, the one thing that we participate with in our lives that affects our body, it affects our emotions, and of course, if we're not careful, it's going to have an effect on the spiritual man. Think about that. Think, think about that. This one thing that all of us do that we will do for 50 years of our life, whether we're happy or unhappy with it, it has the profound ability to affect our body, our emotions, and our spirit man. That's why if we, when we're working, if we have a good day at work, everyone at home knows it. If we have a bad day at work, well, the converse is, is true. In work, it is so impactful. Our, our relationship that we have with work, it's so impactful because it's gonna, it'll touch uh, other areas of my life that I am in a relationship with. It's going to affect my friendships. Work has the ability to affect my family, and work has the ability to really affect my future, my outlook on my future, whether I believe I'm going to have a good one or not. If you think back with me early on in the pandemic, uh, March and April, when, when everyone got sent home and we didn't know 
what the effects of the pandemic were. I know in Southern California, people were even afraid to ride their bicycle and jo go jogging because we they, they, there were some articles that were coming out. They didn't know if, if you could catch COVID just by breathing on someone. And so people, after they stopped worrying about their health to some degree, and, and just to some degree, I don't think we have stopped worrying about it, People began to think about one thing, work. Saints I pastored, friends, conversations that I heard, posts that I read on Facebook, all surrounded on this thing called work. What were we talking about? We, we have to get our economy going. It's work. We, we, have to, we have to create the labor force and the impact that the pandemic had on work. People losing their careers, watching, especially here in Southern California, and I'm sure it's true in the Austin metro area, just watching these mom and pops, 30, 40 years, their work just go by the wayside. Restaurants close, and, and everybody was thinking about work. For the good and the bad of it, we understand that, that work has the ability to impact our relationships think about this or consider this just about the time we spent eight hours this is just painting with a broad brush i don't know when's the last time i had eight hours of sleep it should it would be nice uh so most of us this is broad brush painting so if the shoe fits as they say wear it but eight hours is spent sleeping eight hours of the 24 hours we're given is spent sleeping of course, eight hours is spent working. They tell us that most of us consume three hours of media a day. That's social media or you're watching television program or you're on YouTube, just, just some form of media, watching the ball game on, on ESPN. They say about 2.6 hours is spent uh, working around the house. And that they, they've kind of defined that as, as shopping, running errands. This is like kind of work that we do at home, even though we may not be in the physical proximity of our home. But this is shopping, running errands, maybe a pipe bus, fixing things, calling a plumber, whatever it is. All that time, this is after we spent a good majority of our time away from one subconsciously of course being asleep or we're, we're just in our thoughts eight hours but then when we do gather all of this time spent doing other things the average family the average family spends 38 minutes a day talking to one another 38 minutes a day here's the sad reality of of what we're talking about I'm going to spend more time with people I work with than people that I've committed to be faithful to, spend my life with forever until my last breath. The reality is that the people that I work with, I'm going to spend more time to some degree talking with them, laughing with them, more time with people than my own spouse and my own children. I think it's safe to say that work is impactful. Work is impactful. Yet how many times have we heard someone preach about it? How many times have we heard lessons? I, I, I can only speak for myself 
in my own experiences. I, I haven't heard too much of it. That doesn't mean I'm the standard of, of how everybody's hearing and receiving things, but I know growing up, work was just something that you did. And uh, I, I, re I remember talking, we have a very uh, successful man, very interesting man that comes to Plymouth Church. He's very successful. He is what uh, we would consider an American success story. His family were, his father and his grandparents came from Ireland, settled down in Indiana. He went to school, worked while he was going to school, and then slowly climbed up the ladder, bought property, and uh, from poverty is a rags to riches story, is a, is a multimillionaire. And he told me this one day, fascinating man, what an amazing man that that he is, has worked in Antarctica. I mean, just, you spent, a Vietnam veteran, this man is probably the all-American male, about six foot three, just a big, burly, strong man. He retired, and about a year after he retired, he contracted, or he developed cancer in, in his body. And I was talking to him one day, and he told me this, and I'll never forget it. He said, I spent so much of my life making a living, I never stopped long enough to build a life. I spent so much time running the rat race of life that I never stopped long enough to build a family. The Word of God tells us this in Proverbs 16, verses 2 through 3. And I believe this is in King James Version. I'll be using King James Version, our New Living Translation today. The Word of God tells us this. It says, uh, All the ways of man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weigheth the spirits. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. That's Proverbs 16, verses 2 and 3. When you look at that word weigheth, the definition of that word is to regulate. This is what the Word of God is trying to tell us. In our good motives, just good motives, just setting out to just do good things, trying to build a life for ourselves. In our good motives, what we do appears to be harmless sometimes. However, Scripture tells us this, what we read, the Scripture is trying to tell us this, that God knows how we are to regulate our lives. God knows when enough is enough. God knows when too much is too much. He knows the limits uh, that we are to take things. God knows the demands of our work life. He understands. He gave us work. Uh, and, and sometimes even in our good motives, we will tell people things like, well, you just need to find something that you're good at. Or uh, you should find something to do that you're fulfilled at. The problem is that people do find those things. And when we just put all our focus on that or too much of the wrong focus on that, People are going to be left disappointed. When somebody gets to the end of their career, they're going to feel a loss of an identity. They're going to feel a loss. I, I, I've done this for so long, and I was so fulfilled in doing this that I put everything in this box, so to speak. Well, I've, now, now that I'm no longer doing it, I don't feel a sense of security. We tell people, well, just go on vacation. We say things like this, you know, uh, you, you just need to take two weeks off. Well... The sad thing about taking two weeks off is I got to come back from my Disneyland vacation. I have to come back from the Bahamas and Hawaii. We, we've we've got to come back to the very things that we left. And, and all of these suggestions, and, and we do it, they're just temporary fixes. 
We just don't take time long enough to see that God has put things in order for us so that we don't have to jump off that cycle and then take a week off and then jump back on this cycle of, of work where it's so impacting in our lives. I'm going to read to you what the Word of God says in Colossians 3, verses 17 to 23. Understand it's a few portions of Scripture. I'm going to read really quick just to make my points. The Bible says this, And whatsoever you do or say, do as a representative of the Lord Jesus Christ. Give thanks to Him, to God the Father. Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as fitting for those who belong to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and never treat them harshly. Children, always obey your parents, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not aggravate your children. They will become discouraged. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything you do. Try to please them all the time, not just when they are watching you. Serve them sincerely because of your reverent fear of the Lord. Work willingly at whatever you do, as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Here's what we're going to focus on. We understand the impact that work has on us. But, but Paul, in the scripture, puts everything in a box for us. So this is our second point. The Word of God puts things in the right box. We oftentimes don't put things in the right box. In these series of verses, Paul lists three things. He lists our identity in God, our relationship to each other, and our responsibility to work. And in the context of this lesson, we understand that Paul keeps work at the level of responsibility. He does not speak as work as our identity. Let me say that again. Paul keeps work at the level of responsibility. He does not speak of work as our identity. Our identity is found in verse 17, our relationships, verses 18 to 22, and then the responsibility of work is found in verse 23. So, here's the three boxes of our lives. You, you can draw this out. I was going to get some boxes to put out, but it was kind of hard to connect, you know, have, see all of that. But, but imagine three boxes. There's work, there's family, and there's God. Of these three boxes, the biggest one would be work. Here's what I mean by that. It demands more of our time. We see that work is going to ask more of my time than my family is. And I'm going to be more with my family than I'm going to be with the church. And so, in those three boxes, how does Paul organize that? Well, those three boxes coincide with three gifts that God has given us. God has given us the gift of time. We all have it. He's given each and one each one of us feelings or emotions, feelings and emotions. Those two are synonymous. But we also have this thing called faith. So I've got I've got these three big boxes. Uh, one is bigger than the other in terms of time. And then I do have the gift of time and and God has given me this great gift of feelings that I could participate in life and feel the emotions of life. And then as the Word of God says, He's given every single one of us faith. Here's the challenge. And here's the balance of it all. Just because work takes more of my time, I don't have to put all of my emotions in it. And I don't have to put all my faith in it. Because 
I'm going to lose work. I'm not always going to be as creative as I was in my 20s and 30s. As, as I began to move further through time, my ability to perform what I've done for so long, it loses its impact. And so if I've put all of my emotions and I put all of this uh, feelings into what I do, I am going to feel like an emotional wreck. I am going to feel disappointed. I'm going to feel disillusioned when, when I lose even careers. When, when they begin to downsize at work and, and, and people younger than me, more creative than me, are willing to take less pay and, and my job seems fragile. Well, if I've put, if I've put all of my emotion and a lot of faith in that, I'm setting myself up for discouragement. Now, if we move to the second box, just because my family takes less of my time than work does, doesn't mean I should give them less of my feelings, less of my emotions. Maybe I'm using a lot of my IQ at work, but my EQ, my emotional quotient, that needs to be poured into my family. And, and there even is the balance of putting all of my faith in family because family is going to disappoint us. Friendships are going to feel conflict at times. People are going to move away and their station in life is going to change. And, and so we're not always going to have a lot of time with each other. But I can make the moments that we do have with each other matter. Understand you got to go to work for eight hours and, and, and it takes a lot of physical strength and emotional strength to stand there, to do there, to look into that microscope or to teach those kids or to police whatever it is, police the neighborhood. But when I come home, even though I may have a less time with it, they're getting more of my emotion and more of my feeling. I'm taking that 38 minutes and I'm reversing it with, uh, hey, maybe, maybe we ought to spend 38 minutes on social media and three hours with our family. We would be lot, we'd feel more fulfilled, we'd have a lot less to worry about. And finally, we've got this little box called God. Even though he's the biggest thing and the biggest, should be the biggest thing in our lives. Just because I can't spend eight hours a day praying to him. Just because I'm not spending all of this time with him doesn't mean that I can't give him all of my faith. I'm going to reserve all of my faith and I'm going to put it in that God box. God, I, I, I would love to I would love to spend eight hours talking with you today, but but I'm going to spend eight hours of work and and eight hours of sleep. That's how you've designed it. And, and maybe maybe I can work more on my time. But I understand that I don't get a lot of time with you. But you've got all of my faith. I'm casting my feelings on you. That's what Paul does. He, we, he knows the impact of work. He knows the impact of life on all of us. But in Colossians 3, he packages everything nicely for us. And when everything is put in order, guess what? I'm more in balance. I'm out of balance when all of my faith is going into that work. When all of my emotions is going into uh, that, that work. And, and, and I have no emotions left for my family. And, or I'm putting all my faith in my family and my children. And I'm overbearing and too demanding. Okay, God. 
I'm going to put all my faith in you. And because I'm going to put my faith in you, you're going to organize my emotions. And you're going to, you're going to teach me how to regulate with my life, like Proverbs tells us. Finally, I want to talk about the third point. How work is distinct. How work is transcendent. Work can be meaningful, but it's not the meaning of our lives. Work can be meaningful, but it's not the meaning of our lives. If you go back to where we first find work in Genesis 2.15, Genesis 2.15, King James Version reads this, And the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. God gave man work. Genesis 3, work wasn't the curse. The curse of Genesis 3 was while you work, sometimes you're not going to be able to produce. Sometimes you're going to go to work. Sometimes you are going to work and you're going to be left with thorns and thistles, not the rose that you wanted to have. And so that's the curse of man, part of the curse that sometimes uh, I'm, I'm going to work so hard and nothing's going to be produced of it. But God didn't look at work in the form of production. He looked at work given to us as worship. God gave man work as a form of worship. It was the avenue that God was giving to man where he could express God-like characteristics using his creativity and his time, cultivating knowledge, Man would pour back into work. He would dress the garden. This is the plan. He was going to dress the garden and keep the garden as a farmer. That was the first work given. But it was a form of worship. This is why work is transcendent. It goes beyond what you're doing in the immediate. Work goes beyond what you and I are doing immediately. You can be at McDonald's and be worshiping. You'd be at Burger King 